This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. In case you missed this on Zoomer Radio News this morning, U.S. President Donald Trump said he is not considering firing special counsel Robert Mueller. Trump returned to the White House from Camp David yesterday and was asked by reporters if he was considering dismissing the man investigating whether there was collusion between the president's Republican presidential campaign and Russian officials last year. Trump did criticize the fact that Mueller had gained access to thousands of emails sent and received by Trump officials before the start of his administration and that his transition team lawyers are not happy about this. But Mueller's team is saying that all of the emails were obtained appropriately. We want to delve into this further with one of our experts, U.S. political commentator Paul Paselli. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Tell us about these emails. We've, we heard an awful lot about emails last year, but now we're hearing about emails again with the, with the Mueller investigation. These emails, uh, Jane, uh, emanate from the folks who were on the Trump transition team, an organization known as TFA or Trump for America. Um, when an administration changes here in the U.S., it's a long, involved process. And um, there are literally thousands of these emails. And um, any of these emails, uh, emails like this, are kind of archived by what's called the GSA, the, the, the Government Services Administration. And that's part of their, their, their purvey to do this. And um, what is in the emails? I mean, a lot of procedural stuff, obviously. Who knows? Um, but the, the argument that um, the um, lawyers for the president, uh, the, or one particular lawyer for the president, is, is, is posing here is that some of, is that some of this uh, email, or some of these emails, rather, uh, may contain privileged information um, and therefore should have been either not obtained or obtained in a different way. But uh, from what I've been told by experts and from what I read, um, the, the, the uh, administration really probably does not have a leg to stand on here saying these were obtained illegally because they, 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 they seem like they were not. It looks like Mueller's team did follow the rules here. Right, and they insist that they did. Uh, yeah. What I'm reading about with the, the lawyer for Trump yeah. is that um, the government agency that possessed the transition team's emails had handed yeah. over the materials to Mueller's investigation, investigators in August without allowing lawyers for the transition team to review them. Precisely. So, Precisely, and they claim that and this is their claim again. You know, both sides here are going to shoot back and forth. Their claim is, okay, but there may be some privileged information here. Um, I think they claim regarding uh, 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 some policy initiatives or some folks who may be involved in sensitive positions, uh, you know, after the, um, uh, after the administration takes 
takes uh, uh, you know takes it, it, its place. You know what I think we're seeing here, Jane, is obviously this is posturing uh, on both sides. Um, you know, this whole thing is being played out. Although we don't really know what uh, Robert Mueller has, this is being played out in the media. Um, similar to a court case. I mean, you know, the, the jury is going to be the American people here, and maybe members of Congress, depending upon what uh, Mr. Mueller comes up with. And, and, and then these are, this is what attorneys do. So uh, this doesn't surprise me at all. Wouldn't, by being defensive about these emails, are they not inviting questions from the American public that there may be something incriminating in these emails? I mean, why make an issue of it if there's nothing to hide, as Trump has said over and over? I think what you're seeing here, Jane, is now that we're approaching the end of the year and we got past this Roy Moore election in Alabama here, once we turn the corner here on the first of the year, the next mile marker here, if you will, is going to be the midterm elections um, coming up, you know, this coming November, November 2018, where uh, every seat in the House is up and one-third of the U.S. Senate is up. Um, I I think what supporters of the president and what the White House is doing here is saying, you know what, this thing is likely to drag out uh, probably for several more months the president's detractors and Democrats in general would love this thing to drag out for months and months and months. So they're probably, you know, saying to themselves, the folks on the president's side, hey, wait a minute, we've got to at least push back a little bit here and not let the image of there's still something going on linger, you know, into the spring and summer and then maybe into the fall. I mean, this could go on for months when people start to make up their minds about whether they're going to choose a Democrat over a Republican or vice versa in the midterms. I'm wondering, you know, as I put this to you, our Canadian Zoomer radio listener, uh, and I I just want to ask you as our listener whether you are feeling frustrated by the lack of information coming out of this investigation because there seems to be very little of late, whether you are fatigued about hearing Donald Trump, if you are wondering where all the impeachment talk went because it was really ramped up there for a while. If you have a question of Paul Paselli, he is an expert, a political expert in the U.S., give us a ring, 416-360-0740. 416 360 0740 or toll free in Canada 1 866 740 4740. What about that, Paul, of this investigation? I mean, is, is it ever going to wrap up? Is, is, I mean, is anything going to stick to Trump? Was it all made up? I mean, w- there is some frustration around this. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is, Jane. Um, I think. Part of the problem, Jane, obviously, is that we live in this Twitter, Facebook, Instagram society. I mean, I'm old enough to have lived through Watergate. I was a young, younger back then, but that was one of the stories that really got me influenced into becoming, you know, influenced in the media. Mm-hmm. I was captivated by that story as a young kid. I, you know, Watergate took months, years. It took a couple of years. Uh, the Iran-Contra investigation with Ronald Reagan took months. And I think, Jane, obviously, you know, you have, you know, we're in this social media environment. When is it going to be? When is it going to be? Well, for an investigation to be thorough 
And for it maybe to come out in your favor, you, sh- you need to take a breath here. But we, you and I can say that, you know, till we're blue in the face, and we know how people are, and especially in American politics with, you know, the ultimate tribalism being, you know, my guy, your guy, or our political parties, you know? When you reference Watergate uh, and yeah. that it and that it the it took a long time. Um, yeah. A lot of people say that Donald Trump could be impeached on less than Richard Nixon. How much truth is there to that observation? Well, that's interesting. Um, let's remember Richard Nixon was not impeached, but he was. You know, members of Congress basically went to him and said, "Mr. President." you know, your support is gone, so why don't you resign, which he did. You know, Jane, um, under U.S. law, Congress or the House can introduce and pass an article of impeachment on essentially whatever they think, and here's the magic phrase, is a high crime or misdemeanor. So the process is here, they're going to have to see what Robert Mueller comes up with, and if there is something prosecutable here. If there is something that uh, really looks bad, you may see a a redux of that. Um, If he comes up with, well, there's some things here that kind of don't pass the smell test, but we really can't connect them to the president, actually. Wink, wink. Uh, That's where you're going to have the real gray area here. I'm speaking with U.S. political commentator Paul Paselli. It's Jane Brown for Libby's Nimer. Libby's back tomorrow. What would be the smoking gun in this scenario in the Russia investigation? Well, I, I think, Libby, if... Uh, I'm sorry, Jane. I think if uh, uh, Special Counsel Mueller lays out a case, he may come out with something akin to... Well, um, there were, there were in, in my opinion, meaning his opinion, uh, improper contacts between members of the Trump transition team, the president's uh, or the president's uh, inner circle or his campaign uh, with Russian and perhaps other international officials when there shouldn't have been yada, yada, yada before he took office, whatever. And then if he said something like, however, um, uh, we cannot say for sure whether the president actually ordered those contacts, whether he told his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, or he told Michael Flynn, or he told Paul Manafort to do this. You know? Now, if this all depends what you know, Michael, uh, uh, Paul Manafort may say at trial, in his trial coming up, and, and this all depends on, you know, what witnesses have told these congressional committees that have taken a lot of testimony uh, in private session behind closed doors. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. You're welcome to join us here. We're talking about the latest in the investigation into alleged ties to Russian officials by either Donald Trump or members of his campaign team. Again, these are allegations which are being investigated. Uh, Paul, give us the latest on Trump's former national security advisor, Michael T. Flynn. We were here an awful lot about him, and, and once again, that's sort of gone quiet. Well, he has, either really, you're right, uh, Jane, really has gone quiet. Um, he did cop a plea to a far lesser charge uh, than, than, that he was facing, um, and, uh, you know, he could have gone to jail uh, for years and years. 
uh, on, on some of these federal charges. Uh, he copped a plea with Mueller, and, and immediately, when people saw the relatively mild charge that he was assessed with and he pled guilty to, a lot of legal experts here, most of them were saying, uh-oh, meaning that would uh, Mr. Mueller's team have allowed this plea deal if um, if uh, Michael Flynn wasn't going to what they call flip here. Right. And uh, Yeah. So, you know, but there really has been very, very little said over the last couple of weeks. You know, I think there's been a couple of times where, where Flynn may have said to his spokespeople, you know, I'm anxious to tell my story, this and the other. Now, there are other people in the legal world who say, listen, the reason he flipped is that to have defended himself uh, in an extended trial would have just cost him money he doesn't have. He would be looking at millions of dollars in legal fees, so who knows whether that's a viable explanation. Speaking about Donald Trump and the investigation, the Russia investigation, and his presidency in general, let, let's kind of go down that path a bit. Sure. Uh, how was he, he faring at almost the one-year mark in his administration? You know, it's funny, Jane. When I was doing shows during the election season and around uh, the time that he uh, won and was going to take office, you know, they have a thing here in the States where, well, the first 90 days or the first 100 days could be rough. And I was on the air saying, you know, folks, never mind 90 or 100 days. I thought it was going to be a rough first year for him. And that's kind of what's turned out to be. Now, he has a very short fuse. Um, he punches back on every bit of criticism. Um, you know his use of Twitter, which I think will be picked up by future candidates, good or bad. However, what people who support him, and his support is still around 38, 40, 41, 42 percent, his supporters will say, well, wait a minute now. Uh, we got, a, we meaning conservatives, who voted for him. We have Judge Gorsuch, a conservative justice on the Supreme Court. We might get another one. Very quietly, his federal court appointees are gliding through committee and getting appointed. The stock market is going through the roof. He has uh, successfully started the conversation about uh, sanctuary cities and America's confusing immigration policies. And he's about to get the biggest tax cut pushed through since Ronald Reagan. So, yeah, it's, on one, on one uh, uh, front, it's, it's, been, it's been, you know, pure craziness with, with the social media and the, uh, uh, the back and forth or the punching back and forth verbally. But on the other side, a lot of the supporters and a lot of pundits are saying, you know what, the guy is getting a lot done. Does he listen I mean, I know he hears them because he's not hard of hearing. Does he, I know he hears his political advisors, but does he listen to them? Does he, or is it his way or the highway? Um, I think it's it, it, it's probably a mix. Uh, I know people who cover the White House, and I know people. And, and I was speaking with a gentleman the other day, I know, and and he listen. You had a guy here, uh, Jane, who you know was used to arguing with, you know, steel and cement contractors, you know, and politicians on the local level, you know, and investors trying to get his buildings built and his golf courses built. And I think it's taken him the better part of a year to maybe, you know, sit down and, and finally maybe to whatever venue listen to somebody. This is, he is the textbook example 
of my way or the highway. I think General Kelly being appointed chief of staff has helped him a lot. I mean, for example, quickly, apparently uh, under Reince Priebus, his door, the president's door, was always open, or most of the time, you could just walk in in the White House. The first thing General Kelly did that everybody says was that he said, no, 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 the door is closed. I'm going to see any material before you give it to him, and I'm going to say who goes in and who doesn't. Fascinating. And just one final question before I let you go, Paul, sure. uh, U.S. political commentator Paul Pasali. Uh, he, here in Canada, uh, there's there's a lot of speculation that Donald Trump will be impeached, that he won't see the end of his first term. I'm not so sure that's the case. What are your personal thoughts on that? My gut feeling, if you're asking me to roll a dice and put down a few dollars now, would he be impeached before the end of his first term? I'm going to lean to no. I mean, I'm going to lean that way to no for two main reasons. Um, number one, um, uh, going back to U.S. laws I mentioned, um, impeachment requires a high crime or misdemeanor, which is basically what the House of Representatives determines whatever that to be. They would have to be uh, presented with evidence, and if that comes before the midterm elections, uh, that's going to be virtually impossible unless the evidence is really there because Republicans control the House. Now, if this investigation goes beyond next November and Democrats were to take over the House, or if it if it becomes very very close. Um, and they, everybody starts looking to 2020 uh, again. Uh, that that is a possibility. But if you're asking me to say right now, I'd say no. Paul, I thank you for your time. I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Jane. U.S. political commentator Paul Paselli. Jane for Libby. She returns tomorrow. In the meantime, a big thank you to producer Christine Ross. Technical production by Myrna Trogerlich. The number one's at one. Coming up next with Norm Edwards after Bob Comsix News on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.